Listen up, Fins fans. You are now tuned in to All in All Fins, the Ultimate Fans Perspective Podcast, brought to you by your host, Nick Emperado. You know what it is, man. And joining us on the podcast right now is my boy, Sam Allen. Um, the main reason we got him on here, besides his love for uh, the NFL, we got, we're playing the Jaguars week three on Thursday night football up in Jacksonville, and he's a diehard Jacksonville fan. Um, so I thought it was kind of perfect. Um, you know, give us some content for the offseason to talk about, and then we'll get him on here closer. After the week two game, we'll get him on here again and um, see how we're feeling, get a score prediction and everything like that. But, um, yeah, so... I, I did hear a rumor, Sam, that you had a Maurice Jones-Drew fathead on your wall when you were a kid. Is that true? That is 100% true, Nick. <laughs> First off, thanks for having me on. It's good to be here. And yes, that is true. I was a big MJD fan back in the early 2010s and a little bit before. You know, our team wasn't great then, but he always played 100 every game. It was tough. So, yeah, he was my favorite player at the time. I had his fat head on my wall. So who's your favorite Jacksonville Jaguar of all time? Uh, that's a question I get asked, and it's tough for me to answer because, you know, new players come in when they play well early. It's like, oh, I love this guy. But then you can't forget about the guys from back in the day when you first started watching. MJD's a big one for me. Love him. He's a big Jimmy Smith fan, one of the best underrated receivers in the NFL. Sheen Mathis was a solid corner for us for years. If I did have to pinpoint one favorite, probably MJD with Clayus Campbell. Sec. I was just going to ask about Clayus Campbell. Um, who's your favorite player on the roster right this second? Josh Allen, because we have the same last name, and he's a beast. He is a beast, dude. That was a steal for you guys. Really um, was. He the, shouldn't have been there at seven. No, the, should ju- the Jets should have got him. And I think the same thing happened with Isaiah Simmons this year. Um Yep. You know. <clears throat> so, um, how do you feel about Doug Marone? Is this his last chance? Are they going to can him when you guys get the first overall pick and get Trevor Lawrence, or what? Well, see, that's the thing. Is one, I don't think we are as bad as everyone going to be. I mean, look no, at you I guys agree. last year. You know, people said Dolphins were going to go zero and sixteen all season long, but you guys fought. Flores, who's a good head coach, he helped you guys win some games. Fitzpatrick's is always going to end up winning some games somehow, but I feel the same I way like, about Gardner Minshew. Yeah, that's what he's he's a tough guy. He went six and six in his twelve starts, and he's only going to get better if you ask me. We have weapons around him. I mean, Jay Chark had a breakout year last year. I think he's in for another good year. Uh, our second round pick, Lavisca Chenault, has tons of potential if we could keep him healthy. Another really good. Then Tyler Eifert, if he can stay healthy, was a good signing. So I don't think we're going to be as bad as everyone thinks. I do think Marone is a pretty good coach. You know, he gets a lot of slack, but you know, most of the disconnect from the year before was from Tom Coughlin. Mostly, people didn't get along with Tom Coughlin. It wasn't really Marone. So now that Coughlin's out of the picture, I'd like to see how things go this year with basically Marone calling the shots. Yeah, I'm curious to see what Jay Gruden's going to draw for an offense for um, Gardner Minshew. And uh, honestly, if he's smart, he's going to try to, you know, reenact the air raid system in, at Washington State because um, that's where Gardner Minshew, that's like how, you know, he really had one good Absolutely. year there, you know, so. 
Absolutely. That's the thing. Gardner Renshaw flew under the radar. Actually, before he committed to Washington State, he was ready to go to Alabama and back up your boy Tua and Jalen Hurts. He was ready to go be their third string before Leach called him and said, you want to lead the, the country in passing. Obviously, that drew him in, and it worked out for the best because if he went to Alabama, he would have never fell. He would have sat behind those two. So I think they, I think they worked run about out. six plays at Washington State, which is hilarious. Um, but so uh, simple the way they do it, but it's effective. It works. It, I mean, I mean that's how football is. People try to get too too um, complicated, that, and that's Adam Gase's issue. He tries to get too complicated, and it screws him over. Um, but perfect segue into your draft class. You know, I really think that you had a super solid draft class because from top to bottom, you probably got people that are starters and going to compete for starting spots, which is important because, um, you know, I'm going to go from the bottom up. Jake Lutton, um, if for some reason something happens to um, Gardner, I think that was a steal because this dude is pick. huge, and I love that pick. Um, Colin Johnson from Texas, who I think is going to be a really guy. Big guy. He's huge, real big. Huge. He can uh, help in the red zone, about 6'6". Six, six, I, I jump ball receiver. I love the big receivers because you saw what Devontae Parker did last year. and um, I Absolutely. love the big receivers. Absolutely. And the way the game's going, you need to have high-powered offense. So, you know, more weapons you get, the better. So I think, yeah, Johnson was a steal late. Yeah, I, would, I would agree that um, and it was not a bad pick there because uh, obviously – to Josh Dobbs. Obviously, Josh Dobbs isn't going to cut it as a backup. And we did just sign Mike Glennon yeah, yesterday, I, I believe. Today is one of either yesterday or today. Yeah, we signed Mike Glennon. You you know what you're getting with Mike Glennon, but still, it gives Lutton the opportunity to develop and can form into a solid backup. I think I, I agree. Yeah, because again, like you said, you might be in the in the possibility of you know finding your way. For like Justin Fields or something, which would be a solid pickup at quarterback, but we'll have to see. I I really don't know. Like last year it was obvious that Miami was the worst roster, and Jacksonville's twenty times better has a twenty times better roster than Miami had last year. Um, I mean, just Josh Allen alone is you know he's a superstar. So I mean. You know. Superstar potential, man. Double-digit sacks as a rookie doesn't come often, so you know, I'm excited I, to see his progression. And everybody was gassing up Nick Bosa, but I'm taking Josh Allen over Nick Bosa because he had a crazy year last year. The thing, the thing is, you look about, you look at it. Nick Bosa was on the best defense in football on a team that got a lot more publicity. You look at the numbers; his numbers may have been slightly better than Allen's, but you know when he had. Forrest Buckner on the line with him, and he has all these great linebackers and secondary players to lock up behind him. You know, it gives him more help. It gives him more help. Josh Allen wasn't really talked about because we're playing in Jacksonville, small market. He made a lot of noise. He made plays, and you look at their numbers, they're very similar. They're very similar. And Allen definitely has 15 plus sack potential in him. That's the kind of player I think he could be, which. It's a game changer, you know. You need every defense dreams for a guy like that. Yeah, I can't believe, like you said, I can't believe he made it to where he did. Um, but um, two picks that are outside of the top two rounds: Ben Barch from St. John's, love that pick, and Shaquille Cordman, Shaquille Cordman from Miami, I love that pick as well. 
And then your top three picks were basically home runs because, unfortunately, you know, there was really two corners that were, you know, probably locked locked to be top 15 picks. Um, And C.J. Henderson is good. Um, And then Caleb Von Chase, um, he, he unfortunately just didn't fit in any teams before the 20th overall pick. And so you kind of stole him because he could have went top 10 and if it was in a different draft. Um, and then Lavishkis Chenault, he was a first-round pick all day if he didn't get hurt. So as long as he's healthy at 42, that's like first round. That, that's like an A-plus pick right there. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll start at the top here with C.J. Henderson. So like I said before we started the pod, we talked about it a little before. I was watching the draft I've I was a little upset, not because of the picks, but just because how things played out. Isaiah Simmons went the pick before us. And if he would have fell to nine, I mean Swiss Army knife, he could do anything out there. So I was really hoping that he'd fall. Wasn't upset that we drafted Henderson, just upset that Simmons was that close to falling in our laps. But like you said, CJ Henderson has lockdown potential. He's great in man coverage. He's long, a good speed. I think he'll be a solid corner for us. And Trey Herndon, who most people don't know Trey Herndon. Most people don't know anyone in Jacksonville, but he became a starter once we traded away Jalen Ramsey last year. And he struggled at first, but he was one of those guys that you could see week by week by week just kept getting better. And so I think him and CJ as a one-two with DJ Hayden in the slot, is that's a solid cornerback rotation right there. So I'm fine with that. And then at 20, the same thing kind of happened a little bit. And the Cowboys were on the clock figured if they didn't pick cd lamb might have fell to us there's a chance i mean do you guys did you guys pick 18 18 yep you guys picked 18 you went offensive linemen then 19 was the raiders who had already taken rugs so i figured okay if he gets past the cowboys maybe we could get cd lamb but then they took him and the same thing i wasn't mad when we drafted caleb on chase on because he played his best ball at the end of his college career when it mattered the most in the playoffs. He also had some injury problems throughout his career, so his numbers, you look at them, they don't jump off the screen or anything. He's a guy who's got a rare combination of size and speed and strength that can really be disruptive with the right coaching and help. And I think having a guy like Josh Allen who came in and had a successful rookie year will also help him, you know, like a little bit of a mentor role, so that would be nice. And like you said about Chenault, he had first round written all over him, even in such a deep receiver class. The man's got size, speed, and he's strong. He breaks tackles, he runs a wildcat that we might implement in Jacksonville a little bit, you know? So we need all the playmakers you could get in today's game. And if we can keep him on the field, I think him and Chark as a one-two combo be absolutely deadly. And Minshew will be in love with that. So I'm happy with our top three. Absolutely. I agree. Um, now, two players that are on the roster right now that don't want to be on the roster right now, um, Leonard yeah. Fournette and Yannick Ngakwe. Um, what do you think ultimately is going to happen, and what do you want to happen? Uh, it's different. It's The two situations are a little bit different. Ngakwe, I don't believe he'll play another snap in Jacksonville. Even if we don't trade him this offseason, I think he'll pull a Le'Veon and just sit out. Yeah. Like, I, I don't see him playing another snap in Jacksonville. He tweets about every single day, these cryptic tweets. He's tweeting at the that. GM. You don't play another snap yeah. if you tweet at your GM. Yeah, it's it's 
bridge is burned with Jan. I don't think that's something that can be fixed. What I'd like to happen is a 21 first. I'd love to get a 21 first, but at this point, who knows? It's really up in the air. Who knows? And with Lenny, the situation's a little different. You know, he's he's a goofball. He's a silly dude, no doubt. He has talent, but hasn't really broken out like the fourth overall pick you'd expect to. He had a good rookie year, disappointing second year, and a solid year last year. But you draft someone fourth overall, you want more. You want more. And so I think it's kind of the headaches he gives the coaching staff, I feel isn't worth it when, you know, running back, it's good to have a nice running back, but I feel... Today's game, you know, the running back could draft one in the fifth round and he could end up being a superstar. You could pick up an undrafted free agent and he could end up being a star. Like, irreplaceable. And our backup, Ryquel Armstead, didn't get too many opportunities last year, but he showed that he's got potential, and he did. So I think Lenny does stay, and I think Lenny is a Jag next year, and I think next year's his last year as a Jag. I don't think we trade him. No, I, you know what I see happening with Ngakwe is probably um, he'll probably sit or maybe play, maybe play doubtful at this point, but he'll probably make it in like what happened with Clowney or something like that where a team is doing well and they're going to make a, a push for the Super Bowl and then they go trade away Hungry. their first round pick, you know. Oh, no, I, our GM, Dave Caldwell, I think is an underrated GM. He did a lot of good us. He made bad moves, too. He took Taven Bryan over Lamar Jackson. He took Blake Bortles overall. He took Leonard Fournette instead of Mahomes or Watson. You know, everyone makes mistakes, but he's also got Jalen Ramsey, Miles Jack, and Yannick Ngakwe in one draft. Like, he's a good GM, and I think that he'll he'll make the right moves for us. Make the right moves. And, you you know, like you said, you know, there's going to be a team who... You know, midway through the year and they're six and three but their pass rush just isn't there but if they add a guy like Ngakwe that could put them over the edge he might be willing to give us a first round pick and I feel like we jumped the gun for that too you know we already have the Rams first rounder next year because of the Ramsey trade so if trade Jan who's probably not going to play another snap for us anyway and end up with three first rounders next year ecstatic I'm happy with that that would be that would be big and that's like that's how you rebuild honestly um, so I heard at one point, I'm trying to remember why, I think it was because I was, we were trying, I was trying to figure out who was going to take one of the top four linemen in the draft. And I heard that Jacksonville was, um, a team that was thinking about it because they, they were thinking, they are thinking about moving Cam Robinson into left guard and then putting like a rookie lineman at tackle how do you feel about that or would you rather like a Ben Barch going to play guard for a year Uh, I think Barch is more of a developmental piece you know when you go from D3 to the NFL obviously it's going to be big change in talent and yeah he dominated at the D3 level but it's a whole different animal when you're playing against monsters in the NFL I don't know if him on him under the fire First year, best idea. I mean, you'll get a better grasp in training camps and preseasons of how, how ready he is. But if I had to put our starting offensive line with what we have right now, it'd be M. Robinson, left tackle, Andrew Norwell, left guard, Brandon Linder, center, AJ Can, right guard, and then Juwan Taylor, right tackle. But people got to remember is 
struggled early on the offensive line front at the beginning of the year and got better and better throughout the year. Juwan Taylor was a rookie. Few holding penalties, false starts. You know, he's a rookie, so I think he'll definitely get better. He was still solid throughout the year for a young guy. Robinson, it was his first year returning off of a torn ACL, so obviously missing a whole year. Not going to be the same player when you come back at first, so hopefully having a year under his belt and healthy will get him back to the form he was his rookie year because he was a punisher as a rookie. Then Andrew Norwell's a guy at left guard who hasn't lived up to the giant contract we paid him. In fact, most Jags fans I know were disgusted with the way he was playing like the first five, six weeks last year, but he's another guy who picked it up the last nine, ten weeks of the year and played pretty solid. So Minshew's a guy, he's a guy who's got pretty good pocket awareness. I think that's something that was undervalued with him when he came into the league is can make defenders miss. He's made great plays within the pocket and people rip on his arm strength, but you know, he's still got enough arm strength to get it down the field. So I'd say that'd be the line that we'd go with this year. I was I was also I was happy with Henderson, but I wouldn't have been against us drafting Tristan Wirfs at nine either. I think Wirfs is the guy who's gonna be a stud offensive lineman in this league and will have a fun time protecting Tom Brady down in Tampa. Yeah, I'm curious to see what they do with him because a lot of people want him to play guard. Um, but what do you see as the Jaguars' biggest um, weakness on the team right now? Because, I mean, I think that right now probably their their pass rush is, is probably one, the, one of their strengths. Um, it's what, Weakness, I'd probably have to go our, our run defense. You know, our run defense struggled last year. I guess our, our interior, not even our run defense, because we did add Joe Schobert, linebacker from the Browns. Yeah, to I forgot about that. Sure, us up in the middle, and he's a, he's big time. He's a good he's a good solid linebacker. Will definitely help Miles us out Jack. in the, the defense together. But our interior defensive linemen, probably the weak spot of our team right now. I would say, let go of Marcel Darius. Taven Bryant hasn't panned out to what he want, we wanted him to be. And then you're missing Calais. Yeah, Calais, obviously. Yeah, it hurts. Fifth round sad pick to see is that's a steal go. for Calais Campbell. Yeah, and uh, I read to I don't know if it's true or not, but they said that they would have got a fourth for Calais, but they sent him to the Ravens because, you know, they wanted to do the nice thing and do a competing team and took a fifth instead, which I, Calais Campbell will always have a soft spot in my heart. You know, he... Fucking, oh, oops, sorry. Sorry. Hit that up. Sorry. He, he, he wore his heart on his sleeve when he played, and he was just a leader on and off the field. He was Walter Payton Man of the Year. But it did hurt to see him traded, but at the same time, shed cap space, and he is getting up there in age. So can't be too against it. The team's doing what they need to do to get money and try to put this team in the right direction. Yeah, um... I think that like you hit it on the on the head. He's on the field, off the field, good guy all the way around. Um, so when you listen to this podcast, you're gonna hear a new permanent intro, and um, it's coming via my boy Ryan Arpod. Um, so he actually has a question for you to you know kind of cap this off. And like I said, we'll be back to talk um, after week two and kind of give you a better score prediction, but. Um, he he just you know he's just gonna ask you the final question of you know this little podcast that we got going right now. So I'm gonna turn it over to him real quick. Hey. 
Let's do it. How's it going, man? How's it going, our pod? Good, man. Just hanging in there. Uh, one question I got for you. Uh, how are you feeling about the Jags record this year? How do you think they're going to do? Whew. Well, that's something that is definitely going to be widely debated because obviously it's maybe I'm a little biased because I am a Jags fan. Most people think they're going to be terrible this year, but I right. see us, you know, around the same the same place we were last year. You know, I think mm-hmm. looking at our schedule, they can go anywhere from three and thirteen to nine and seven, eight and eight. You know, mm-hmm. we have a favorable schedule to start the second half. Schedule gets a little tougher, but I think you know if I had to. Put a guess on the record. I'll say we'll be the same as last year and go six and ten again. Right. Obviously, you know you want your team to do good. You want them to be Super Bowl contenders, but yeah. we're just not there right now. Yeah. At the same time, seventeen when we went to the AFC Championship, people were like, "Yeah, we're going four and 12. So, I guess you can never really know until team takes the field and you see how they perform. But I'd say my if I had to give a guess right now, I'll go six and ten. Right, and well, they. And they start off with the Colts and the Titans, which, you know, the Colts with Phillip Rivers and the Titans are obviously coming off a a playoff run, which is kind of fluke. It was kind of yeah. fluky, if you ask me, because, you know, I agree. you're not always going to have Derrick Henry running for 200 yards and two touchdowns every game, and Ryan Tannehill is not going to bring them to a Super Bowl, so they shouldn't extend him. And then you come into two, what it is, yeah. two softer games with the Dolphins and the Bengals. So, you know, you, if you start off 500 in the first quarter of the year, you know, you're most likely, you're going to, like you said, you're probably going to be in that 8-8 eight and eight range, give or take a game or two. And we start off with the Colts at, and we've beat the Colts at home four or five times in a row now. So, I mean, that's a, that's a winnable game. Phillip Rivers has given us trouble in the past, but, you know, he's coming into a new system as, what, a 17-year vet. Like, he's old. He makes mistakes. Phillip Rivers doesn't really scare me. He's kind of a choke artist. And then week two, like you said, Titans, who do give us problems, but team saw what they wanted to do. They wanted to slam it down your throat with Derrick Henry. I think Titans are due for a down year. I think people are going to say, okay, check the box and make Ryan Tannehill beat you. I let Derrick Henry run wild, and you can make Ryan Tannehill try to beat you. So, then the Dolphins, you know, the Dolphins are who knows? made progress. You know, you guys have signed lots of good. You guys good off season, tons of pick in the drafts, made some great picks. Obviously, Tua, the Tua could be a game changer, but that's also a winnable game. So, it could very well possibly. And then the yeah, the Bengals after that. I'm not saying they're gonna start off four zero. They're very well possibly could. They're all winnable games. So I guess, you know, you just got to wait and see how they perform once the season comes. Yeah, I think I think I, I just hope that the NFL can get to the point where they can have, you know, fans in the stands and we can just have a normal season, honestly, because Absolutely. You know, we need that. Absolutely. But, but I just want to thank you for coming on. And like I said, we'll, we'll get back on here soon and – um, maybe if some some big things happen with Yannick and and Fournette, we'll do something before week two. But if not, we'll do something coming into the into into the Thursday night game in uh, in September. So I appreciate it, Sam. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It was a blast, and uh, sorry for the f bomb. Hopefully, no. you could edit that one out. <laughs> it's all right. 
And that was just kind of like episode one of our off-season schedule where we're just going to try to get people that are fans of, you know, specific teams and just let them come on and talk because, you know, we can only talk so much Dolphins. So my boy Sam came on, let us know what the Jaguars are about. Um, like I said, we play them week three, so it should be, you know, that should be pretty pretty good knowledge for you guys to look forward to that Thursday night football, our only primetime game. Um, but other than that, Again, thanks for all the support. Follow me on Twitter, All in All Fins. Um, whatever streaming services you're listening to this on, most people are on Spotify and Apple. Just subscribe so you know when I when I post, and um, you know, shoot me a rating, shoot me a review, um, and message me on Twitter if you if you want to get involved in the podcast. Fins up.